Father, we come to you. Humbly before you, Father, we give you honor and worship and praise. We ask you, Father, to lead the meeting. Have your way with us, Father. Prepare our hearts. Let us know, Father, what you want us to know. Make us sensitive to your Ruah, to your spirit. We surrender all to you, Father, right now. We thank you, Father, for answered prayer. We thank you, Father, for the blessing of being able to gather together once again. In the name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, what a blessing uh, to be on the call today. We've got Esther in Australia with us. We've got Joseph in South Carolina and Alexandra in Canada with us on the Facebook page just now as well. Um, we've got uh, Chris with us, Gerda. This is for Huguette and Bob because they can't see. And then we've got Russell. Uh, he's on African time. Am I? You're on, you're on African time, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. welcome to Africa. Yes, <laughs> Jaffa Weiss. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember when I, I went to uh, Ghana, not in Africa, in South America, um, and I was speaking there, and they said, oh, listen, you know, you're speaking here. Uh, people will show up over the next three days. <laughs> it could take them up to three days from when you say the meeting starts for them just to arrive, you know. So I was speaking there for a few days, but some of them walked over a week just to come to the meeting. It took them over a week of walking from the Amazon, you know. So excellent. So anyway, we welcome you, Russell. It's good to have you with us. What a blessing. And guess what? We are in the time of uh, preparation for Pesach. Isn't that exciting? Don't we enjoy Passover? Uh, I don't know if everyone has done Passover every year or or if it's new to you. I don't know, Chris, if you've done Passover before or Easter or whatever. But um, the the importance of Passover is really the biblical model of what we should be doing, not things like Easter, because that's like the Catholic alternative when they were trying to take the early believers away from the roots of their faith. But praise Yehovah, we see just such a move of his spirit as people are waking up and we have more access to information today than we ever have. And they're starting to realize, you know what, why are we not celebrating Passover? And uh, I just want to share on a few things that is encouraging me at this time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still writing away here, enjoying writing, working on this new book and uh, delving into a lot of study and preparation. And my viewpoint on the end times is a little different from a lot of other people. And, you know, the reason I say that is because when the Father gave me the revelation of who we truly are, that there is no covenant in the Bible for the Gentiles unless they are grafted in to the Commonwealth of Israel. If we are not part of the covenant that we read in Jeremiah 31, 31, then what is our covenant for salvation? And there's a point that is not talked about enough, or a lot of people try and avoid this point, and that is dealing with the marriage, uh, how God brings 
redemption, yes, through salvation, it's by grace through faith that we are saved. But when we are saved, we see two counts. We see one count in the book of Exodus and the other count in the book of Revelation, uh, where we see in is it Revelation 20, let the bride say come, or 19, let the bride of the Lamb, no, that's it, 22. Uh, but in Revelation chapter 19, it says, let us rejoice and be glad and give, the, give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. That's the scripture I wanted to quote on from there. And at the end, the you know, on the last page of Revelation in 22, of course, it says, let the bride say, come, let the bride of the lamb say, come, Yeshua HaMashiach, come. Hallelujah. So what is it about this marriage? Why is it so important? Why can't we just be born again, filled with the Spirit, have eternal life? Oh, we belong to God. This is amazing. And here we have in the pages of this, the Scripture the importance of the marriage. You know, what was the bride price that Yeshua paid for Israel coming out of Egypt? You know, in, in Jewish or in Hebrew weddings, there was the price you had to pay for the bride. So the parties would come together and they would discuss what are they going to pay for the brides? Now, if you've got girls uh, rather than sons in your household, you know, the sons, they could rise up. They could help you on the agriculture. They could help you with the business, do all this stuff. And the girls, well, they were in, in ancient culture, they were like the liability. So the only way the father could make any money off of raising girls was the bride price, you know? And the bride price didn't go at the girl. Of course, she would get some of it, um, but it's predominantly going to the father. And it's a price that's paid for the father raising the girl to walk in the right ways, to be uh, of, of godly character. And this is where the bride price comes from. So, you know, what we see Coming out of Egypt in the book of Exodus, we see the Pesach, the Passover. And, you know, what's God doing? What's his purpose in Exodus? Let my people go that they may come and worship me. And this is in fulfillment of the promise that we see in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15. And that is God's promise to Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. All the nations of the world will be blessed through you. And what did he say he's going to do? I'm going to give you land. You know, Adam and Eve, you sinned, you fell short. I'm kicking you out of the garden. I'm cursing you. Now farms are being farmed. Uh, now weeds are being farmed that didn't exist before. Now you're going to have to toil with the sweat of your brow uh, just to survive. It's going to be tough for you. Why? Because you're cursed. You have walked away uh, from the tree of life and you can no longer enter into Eden, into the paradise of Yahovah. You can't enter into Eden because you have sinned. You can't take the tree of life and have eternal life because if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Now, of course, how long did it take them to die uh, you know, Adam was 930 years, if I can remember correctly, or 970 years. Uh, so maybe when God created him, he created him as a, a 29 and a half year old or a 30 year old man, you know. 
So that 1,000 year, that one day, you will surely die. In this day, you will die, yeah? So we see that there is a plan of redemption for all mankind. God chooses Abraham to bring forth this redemption. Hallelujah. Father Abraham, how many sons? How many sons has Father Abraham? I am one of them, and so are you. So let's praise the Lord. He is the father of our faith today, just as, as much as he was the father of the faith right back there in the book of Genesis. So I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I'm going to take you out of who you are from your people, and I'm going to bring you into a land, and I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to bless you. What's, he, what's God saying? I'm going to give you this check for $100 million billion. But sorry, Abraham, you can't cash it. It's for four generations down. So, But don't worry, Abraham, you're going to be blessed and laid to, to rest at a, a ripe old age. But four generations away, your children will go into slavery. And this is the whole path of the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Your children will go into slavery, but in the fourth generation, I'm going to bring them out and they are going to walk in the promise that I have given you. So when Moses sees the burning bush and the burning bush appears and, uh, you know, he hears that voice coming out of the burning bush, take off your shoes because the place where you are standing is holy ground. And what do we see in these early accounts in Exodus? We see the cry of Israel goes up before the Lord. Now, just think about that for a second. The cry of Israel goes up before the Lord. And uh, it's in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 to 25. And it says, During those many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned, because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up before Elohim, and Elohim heard their groaning, oh, and Elohim remembered his covenant with Abraham. He remembered his covenant with Isaac. He remembered his covenant with Jacob, three generations. And Elohim saw the people of Israel. And Elohim knew. Now think about that. He says, I know you. He says, I know who you are. I see. I remember. I heard your cry. And this is the blessing of the gospel. He says, I will hear your cry. I'm going to respond so that all may be saved, all may experience the richness of his glory. So what do we see here as we're talking in the book of Exodus? We see the plan of salvation. It is by grace through faith that you are saved. You know, that there's no law yet. You know, you don't have the law of Moses at this point. Yes, of course, there's uh, there's right, uh, right standing and a way to live. But there they were separated. They were broken. They were part of the covenant, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And even in the midst of that, they were separated in slavery. They cried out. And in their place of separation from God, God heard their cry. And there's many people today 
They don't have re- uh, any form of religion. They don't have someone preaching to them. And they're just going through tough times, you know, in a place of hopelessness. And they're crying out, God, if you're there, will you save me? Will you reveal yourself to me? I was just spending time with a friend in Israel here, a pastor. Um, and he talked about how he came to faith with Yeshua. And he didn't come to faith with Yeshua because someone preached to him. He came to faith over the statement uh, uh, where, you know, that scripture that talks about, um, what what is the verse? I'll just get the verse. Uh, I should have it here somewhere. Hopefully if it will come up. It's the verse, uh, where is it, about the donkey? Um I think it's Zechariah, the verse of the donkey. I'm trying to find it. Nope, I can't find it. Anyway, it's, uh, you know, uh, that you will come into uh, Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And that was the scripture that really impacted his life. Because when he read the New Testament, someone gave him uh, the the scriptures, the Messianic writings. Uh, I think it was the book of Matthew he was given. And they handed it to him. And he was brought up in a culture, if someone gives you something to do with Yeshua, give it straight back to them. You don't want to have that in your hand. And when he took the book of this person, and he, he thought, what am I doing? I don't want this. This is like about Yeshua. Um, and he turned around, like trying to give the book back to the person that gave him the book, and there was nobody there. And then he went home and he read the gospel account of the book of Matthew, and it supernaturally transformed his life when he read that scripture about Yeshua coming into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. And guess what? You know, that would be this day right now in our Passover week, you know, on the 10th day uh, of the month, they would go out and find the lamb without spot or blemish. Hallelujah. So we see the price the bride price that God paid for Israel. And that bride price was what? It was their redemption from slavery. I'm going to buy you out of slavery, and I'm going to take you back to Mount Sinai. Now, why did they go to Mount Sinai? Moses took them back to the place of the burning bush. Hallelujah. He brought them out to the place of the burning bush where God revealed himself to Moses, he says, you're going to go in and, and, and set my people free. and You're going to bring them back to here so that they can worship me. And what happens there at Mount Sinai, Mount Hebron, what takes place at that point? They are married to Yeshua. The bride price is paid. So we see the blood being put on the doorposts of their home. The angel of death passes over their home. And everyone who had the blood on the doorposts of their house, they were released from that moment. The actions that God did through all the 10 plagues was for the purpose of destroying the uh, the gods of this world. You know, Egypt was the, the, the strongest demonic point on the face of the earth. And all of the points of evil, every high place of evil was broken through the 10 plagues 
to release the people of Elohim unto himself. And he brought them to the foot of the mountain. And then what does he do in Exodus chapter 19? It's the betrothal. It's the betrothal where he calls them unto himself. He's basically saying to them, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to marry you. That's what's taken place in 19. You know, will you do everything that I have said? Will you uh, obey my commandments? He goes back to the people and the people said, yep, we'll obey your commandments, whatever you have for us. Then I'm going to bring you into a covenant. What type of covenant is this going to be? Out of the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites, and that's in verse 5 and 6 of Exodus 19. So what's the purpose of what's taking place? When they accept, yes, we're going to obey your commands, yes, we are going to accept this marriage offer, then Moses had to put limits around the people around the mountain and said, be careful you don't approach the mountain or touch it with your foot or any animal or whatever, Nothing can come near that mountain. Then what does he say? You've got to consecrate the, the people. They have to wash their clothes. You know, prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. Have uh, your white garments on. And what's going to take place? We're going to enter into a marriage covenant. Hallelujah. And, you know, like I said, we don't talk or it's not talked about enough of the marriage of what happens there, but certainly in the Mercianic writings, Matthew to Revelation, what do we see in what's called the New Testament? We see the bride of Messiah. So I just want to mention a couple of points in the preparation for marriage. What would happen is the person who's going to get married would leave after They've got this agreement with the bride. He would leave and go back to his father's house. And why would he go back to his father's house? He'd go back to his father's house to prepare a place for effectively the honeymoon. It's not a place to stay forever. You know, some people think when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to sit in a cloud. I'm going to learn the harp, you know. And I'm just going to have this amazing time in heaven for eternity. No, you're only going to go to heaven for the wedding supper of the Lamb. So if we go to the book of John chapter 14, and John chapter 14, 15, and 16, these are the condensed message of Yeshua concerning his earthly ministry. And I would encourage you, to meditate on those three chapters, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, and spend time in there until it becomes a part of your life. Because what do we see? All that I am, I am giving to you. And we will see that when we look at the Last Supper, when Yeshua talks about his body and his blood and the importance of this new covenant. Because what we see is all of the foundations of the glass of wine, which the father would pour for the son and the son would give to the bride and they would sip that wine and then they wouldn't drink wine again together until what time? Until the honeymoon, <laughs> until the wedding supper of the lamb, which is 
according to the feasts of the Lord, this is the time of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. But in John chapter 14, I want to read these opening verses for you because Yeshua is speaking. He says, verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in Elohim, believe also in me. My father In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you, but I am going there to prepare a place for you. Well, wait a second. Come on. Isn't there many rooms in your father's house? Why can't we just rent one of those rooms? <laughs> no, that's not what it's saying here. He says, in my father's house are many rooms, but I am going to prepare a place for you. And this is preparation for the wedding supper of the Lamb. And, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then that brought all the questions. Well, what's the way? I don't know. How, how do I get to this place? How, how do we follow you? And what did Yeshua say? I am the way. The truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. And what we see in this portion of Scripture here, we see that Yeshua is saying, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. This is all wedding talk that's taking place right here. So we want to go to Matthew chapter 26, yeah? And just spin around a couple of verses here, and uh, I hope uh, that you're enjoying uh, just going through a few of these scriptures here, because we're coming up to Passover. And as you do Passover, you know, we don't do it in a religious way, we, but we like to surround it with the gospel. We want to see the gospel of the kingdom coming out of, of the Passover. In Matthew 26, it says in verse 26, well, they were eating. Uh, Yeshua, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. All that I am, I have given to you. This is what he's saying. This is marriage talk. All that I am, I'm giving to you. This is my body. Take this and eat. Then he took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And this is the bride price. Yeshua's price is the price of our redemption, just as the price of the redemption for the children of Israel coming out of Egypt was their deliverance. You know, because we have the, the Passover, they come out. What do they do? As they leave Egypt, they go through the Red Sea. This is the baptism. They're going through the immersion. They're going through the wars. They're dying to the old man. They're rising to the new. And then they go into that place of the wilderness. And what's the purpose of the wilderness? The place of the wilderness is where we get Egypt out of us. Uh, so that we are walking in the fullness of who the Father is to us. But in this portion here, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 28 and 29, we see uh, what is taking place here is Yeshua's given his disciples a cup. He's given them wine. 
And what does he say? He's basically saying, you know, I'm not going to drink this wine <laughs> until we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah, I'm not going to drink this wine with you again until I, Matthew, uh, John chapter 14, until I bring you to this uh, wedding supper of the Lamb, which we see, uh, obviously, in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 19. You know, we've got uh, the, the fall of Babylon. Hallelujah. And what does it say? Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belongs to our Elohim. Then uh, again in verse 3, hallelujah, the smoke of her goes up forever and ever. Talking about Babylon falling. Then hallelujah. Then the voice came from the throne saying, praise our Elohim, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. You know, praise his name. And then the next hallelujah we see in verse 6, for our Lord Elohim Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come. The bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean. Oh, praise the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. So if you go to the last scripture I want to share, it's found in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And um, the book of Ephesians is Paul's declaration of the gospel of the kingdom. This is Paul saying, I, I'm preaching the same gospel as Yeshua was preaching. So sometimes people come along and say, well, you know, the gospel of Paul is different from the gospel of Jesus, Yeshua, but it's not. But in verse 21, we see an interesting portion here in the scripture where it's dealing with how do wives and husbands uh, walk together. It says in verse 21, submit to one another of reverence for Messiah. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to Yehovah. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Messiah is the head of the, and there's no word church. It says church in most of our Bibles, but that, that's a mistranslation. It's the word ecclesia. It's the word assembly. So Christ is the head of the assembly, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the assembly submits to Messiah, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Messiah loved the assembly and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word and to pre uh, present her to himself as a radiant assembly without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one hates their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Messiah does the assembly. For we are members of his body, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound ministry, uh, uh, mystery, 
but I am talking about the Messiah and the assembly. Whoever, um, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must love and respect her husband. So what do we see here? It's a profound mystery of what Paul is talking about. I am talking about the Messiah and the assembly, the bride and the bridegroom. Let the bride say, come, let the bride of the Lamb say, come, Yeshua HaMashiach, come. So these are things I want to encourage you with to be part of your Passover time uh, this week as we celebrate Passover. Look uh, for ways to add in the gospel of the kingdom, understanding who we are, that Yeshua, he on uh, the execution stake on the cross, he paid the price for our redemption and for us to be united with him. So, you know, I just want to uh, encourage you with those scriptures that uh, we can preach the gospel through this Passover time, just as in many times when we uh, did Easter celebrations within the church. What are we talking about? The death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah. But now we can actually study this and celebrate it as part of the feasts of the Lord, recognizing that Ishtar, Easter, is not meant to be part of our celebration, but we are meant to be walking in Passover. Why? Why are we walking in Passover? Because we are grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. We are Israel. If we are born again and we are saved, we are Israel. And that's what we see in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, that we are Israel. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. So Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the victory that we have in you, that you truly are our Passover lamb, that you have paid the, the bride price for us. And Father, you've, you've made it very clear that how we serve you is so important, that if we will give up our lives for the service of your kingdom, and you say that you will reward us no matter what price we pay, what we give up, what we do for your kingdom, you will reward us greater in the kingdom to come. That we, This is our time of testing. And Father, we want to be uh, trustworthy. We want to be true to you. We want to do what you have called us to do, walk in your ways, because we are going to rule and reign with you for the millennial kingdom. And we worship you. We thank you, Father, that you um, uh, are providing that place for Yeshua for the wedding supper of the Lamb, and that we will go and celebrate that feast time of tabernacles, of the wedding, and then we will come back, and we won't come back uh, <clears throat> with uh, swords in hand. We might come back with white garments on, but Yeshua, he is the one that dips his garments in the blood, and he is the one who is going to destroy all the works of the evil one, just like you did in Egypt. They put the blood on the doorposts of their homes, but Yeshua, you're the one that did the work. You're the one that released us from captivity. You're the one that set your people free. <clears throat> so we thank you, Father, that we are your people and that you have called us to walk in freedom. No matter what we 
have going on around us, no matter what you feel, hear the word of Yehovah. You are free. You are free because it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. It doesn't matter the challenges that we face. We can face them all in the freedom of Messiah. And that's why Yeshua, when he walked the earth, what did he do? Everyone that came to him was sick. He healed them. Why? Because it's, it's, it's the restoration of the kingdom. So right now we speak restoration of the kingdom over our lives right now. We, we lift Jerry up right now uh, this morning. We speak restoration over his health. Uh, Father, we just speak supernatural healing over him today. Anyone else who has been sick and suffering and going through challenges, everyone who comes into the presence of the Lord, there is healing available to all of us. So we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. We release and we receive the healing power of a mighty God in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you're blessed and encouraged with uh, uh, those scriptures that we shared here this morning. And thanks, Russell, for getting Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 up. The Messiah coming on the donkey. Well done there. Appreciate that in the notes section there. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Joseph giving us a shout out on the Facebook page. Good to see you. He says, amen, and thank you for sharing the word today. Hallelujah. It's good to have you with us, Joseph. And hope you and your wife are doing well. Excellent. Well, we're just going to open things up. Uh, if you have anything you want to share, uh, any testimonies, um, any prayer requests, on yeah, you go. Uh, Kenny, I've just got to come straight out with it. Listen, I, I bumped into this African guy and he went, let's go to this church. I've never been to this church before. I walked in and there's two people we're doing their wedding vows, right? Yeah, we're doing their wedding vows. And the first thing you say today is about the wedding of the lamb. And I'm like, this is incredible. So, because you know me, um, I've been celibate for 23 years and God's calling me to be celibate for the rest of my life. That's why I'm only married to God. And I, I felt that really spoke to me. And then you just coming out with this the same day that I go to this church that I've never been before ever in my life. I was just walking in and there's like uh, uh, this guy with his African bride. We're doing their wedding vows. And then you're talking about marriage of the lamb. I'm just like, wow. You know, that, that's God confirming his word. Do you know what I mean, brother? And I think it's just interesting. Do you know what I mean as well? I just think it's interesting. I go to a church that's talking about marriage. And then I come on Zoom with you and you're talking about marriage. So I feel like I'm renewing my vows to Jesus yeah. today. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th this wow. is what we do at the time of the feast as well. You know, this is what I love about the feast of the Lord. It gets us into the heartbeat and into the rhythm of Yehovah's plans for our life. And, you know, even if you're in an environment where your household is not celebrating. It's still looking at how do we spend that time during these feasts, the unleavened bread, you know, I, I, from Friday, you know, the bread's out the house. First fruits will be on Sunday as well. And we eat matzah, you know, and uh, it's quite funny because Haley, you know, my London 
Jewish wife, you know, she she eats matzah all the time. You know, when she's going horse riding or whatever, she gets her matzah, peanut butter and honey and all that type of stuff. And she's, well, in Israel, when we moved to Israel, the only time they eat matzah is at Pesach, at Passover. And if you're eating matzah another time, they're like, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, man, that's disgusting. Oh, man, what, you're really eating that stuff. What, you like it? <laughs> so Haley likes matzah. Uh, so anyway, it's uh, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> but it's that time where we celebrate, yeah. huh? Have you tried matzah with horseradish? <laughs> oh, and hummus. Oh, You like that? <laughs> with hummus as well. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, I just I uh, just noticed here we've got Jerry online as well right now. I just see him, uh, Jerry Brown, the UK, or maybe it's Jenny. I'm not sure. Oh, it's Jerry there. Uh, you got home yesterday, Jerry? Mm. Yeah, I'm just having some lunch at the moment. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good to have you on the call with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want? Um... I mean, basically, one of, one of the interesting things is that you get into a place where you can't go to um, witness. And so that your behavior being so different to the other patients, cooperating with the nurses instead of fighting them all the time and things like that, does speak to them. And you get you get to sort of, when they come in to do your personal checks on blood pressures and all that sort of thing, you get a few minutes to talk to them. So it's, in a way, it's a privileged place to be, although it's not the place you choose to be. So, yeah, you can turn it around to that advantage. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, we're glad to see you out of hospital. Uh, Jerry had to go into Thanks. hospital on Thursday, and uh, he's out now. That's great. So we we are blessed you're back out, and we will keep you in mm -hmm. prayer for total healing and restoration. Thank you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thanks. Yeah, and it's good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the prayer as well. Yeah. <laughs> If I go off the camera, it's because yeah, I'm that's all right. You continue on your lunch. We're glad you're with us. <laughs> you can see actually, you, know, as you can see this side of the face is not acting like that. That side, it, that, that's, that's a bit of damage. <laughs> the <stroke's> done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be fully restored in Yeshua's name. Amen. Yeah, and with some exercises that Jennifer is making sure I do. Yeah, she's a <laughs> yes. speech person. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Excellent. All right. Does anyone else want to share this morning? So when I see Russell smile, it just lifts me up as well, you know, and everyone else too. But uh, that guy, have you had any experiences with the, in the streets with anyone? Like any, uh, any uh, you know, witnessing you've done or anything that? What's going yeah, on? Uh, yeah, I've actually, um, I've witnessed to like proper like um, drug dealers, and I've seen guys with tears coming out of their eyes. Honestly, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm honestly like, um, I went into a McDonald's, and it was full of drunk people on a Friday night, and I started singing about the blood of Jesus, and it just went quiet. I had a guy, literally, he was completely on drugs, and I put my arm around him. And I just went, I want to spit the name of Jesus Christ over you. And he just looks at me, like, and I just went, I want to tell you about Jesus. Uh, and the guy had tears coming out of his eyes. Wow. I do like more one-on-one. -on -one. I don't, yeah, I'm more of a one-to-one -one person, you know what I mean? Because I find that's more deeper. So uh, I, I sometimes, like, I might feel called to talk to someone. 
you know what I mean? And I just like up to them and just, and to share like the, uh, the love of Jesus with them. Yeah, um, so I've got a heart for like most of the drug dealers because I yeah. used to be a drug addict, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, Russell, share a little bit of your story with us again tonight or today. Uh, because, you know, the Holy Spirit's done quite an awesome work in your life, hasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so we, we are saved by the blood of a lamb and the word of a testimony. So every single one of us has got a testimony. And um, so, yeah, I became born again 23 years ago, um, Chris, in my bedroom. And what happened was I was a drug addict, you know, pretty much like, you know, you know, enjoying life <clears throat> and then i was seeking about god i was like is there a god is god real you know is there a god and um and i remember one night uh, i i remember like saying to this pastor you know heaven's full of old people um and i believe hell's gonna be a party and this pastor went well can i pray that you see hell um and i went right and then I, one night i closed my eyes i saw people screaming um, the name of Jesus, I could actually smell the sulfur. And later on, I met an ex-Muslim in a vision of hell, and he described it exactly the same way that I saw it. And I looked up, and I saw someone dressed in white with a gold belt with holes in his hands, and he reached out his hand towards me, and these people were screaming Jesus, and he said, I can't, um, he said, it's too late for them. And I said to God, why did you send them now? He said, I didn't. I had to honor their free will. They sent themselves there. And I suddenly, I was like, the fear of God came upon me. And God went, they heard about me and they chose to say no to me. I had to honor their free will. You know what I mean? And, um, and then I thought, well, that's it. I know what I'm doing with my free will. Um, so I dropped to my knees. Um, I cried that Jesus Christ to come into my life. I got delivered of a nine-year drug addiction that very night. I got Mickford, as Brother Kenny Russell would say, because I like that word. I got Mickford with the Rorakagadosh that very night. Um, and I knew that very night, I felt this big man come into my life. Like, I just felt this big come into my life. And... Um, I just knew Jesus. Like even reading the Bible wasn't even the same. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like, like it just came. Everything just came to life. And like, even when I hugged my mum, she was like, "Wow." And then, <clears throat> and since then, obviously, it's not easy. Uh, I used to have a girlfriend, but um, um, but I've been on my own since then because um, I'm choosing to be celibate for Jesus. Um, um, yeah. So I. I so that's been 23 years now, Chris, for me. I, I've been born again um, 23 years after seeing the vision of hell. Um, and now I'm just like, I just want to dedicate everything I am to Jesus. Tell, and tell I, me about the, when you went to the police station. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one, Kenny. So, yeah, so I got all my drugs together and I went into the police station with it all. Because I've never been caught before. So I went in with all my bags of puff, all the cannabis. I went like that. And this guy wearing a WW, a policeman wearing a WWJD bracelet. Would you believe it? Or what would Jesus do bracelet? Looks at me. And, I, and he went, you up there? And I went, yeah. 
I decided Jesus Christ to come into my life the other day. Um, and I feel that I deserve a bit of justice because I've never actually been arrested before. And all that. And he, he went like that to me, WWJD. And I was like, wow. And he prayed for me. He went like that. And he went, Lord Jesus Christ. I, yeah, I, he, he, he just prayed over me. Lord, bless this young bless this young brother and all that. And I just gave it to him. And I went, listen, bin it, whatever. Just get it away from me. This, this stays here. And then, oh, yeah, another one as well. <clears throat> I went back to my friend's house and my friends went, we don't want to know you no more. They went, us or Jesus? And I went, I choose Jesus. And my old friends went, all right, and you can leave. And as I went home, my mum gave me a Bible. And as soon as I opened it up, it said, they reject you because they reject me. As hmm. soon as I opened the Bible, uh, no one ever lie. I chose Jesus Christ over them and as soon as I did I closed my eyes and I had a vision of Jesus with tears coming out of his eyes smiling saying you chose me over your friends and it literally went straight into the scripture they reject you because they reject me Wow! and I went to Jesus I don't mind if I keep getting rejected because you got rejected hey no servant is greater than the master listen brothers and sisters if our, if our master got rejected Let's not be surprised if we get rejected. It's going to happen. It's part of the walk, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, and how I met Brother Kenny Russell, uh, you know, it's a blessing. I was praying, Lord, I want to find someone who teaches the real word of God online. You know, you're very few in number. And then, what is it, Kenny, since what, 2020 now? Yeah, it's been yeah, 2020, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, since 2020. And I actually met him in person and his, um, sis, um, um, his wife, Hayley, and, and, and Hannah, and we'll met up in Haifa. And we're going to do it again sometime, I know this. And we had a wonderful time, didn't we? Yeah, we had a great time, brother. Awesome. Yeah. Especially on Mount Karma, how happy I was. Wasn't I, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you'll get you'll get over your heights. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Russell. That's yeah, just, that's thank awesome. You so thank you, Kenny. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, Yeshua transforms our life, doesn't he? 